Welcome back to All Out Brawl, an MTG Your, podcast. Oh. Yes, I was sorry. We need to work on our intro. <laughs> I guess. Um, I think it's fine, but I yeah. guess it's just me. I was gonna try. I was gonna try and like chime in, so we both said something. Okay. Well, let's do it again. Welcome okay, so you, to All Out Brawl. Say that again. Welcome to All Out Brawl, an MTG podcast where we focus on. I know. Sorry, an MTG brawl podcast. Whatever. It it's again. no. That's fine. We we've we've done it enough. You no, know what you're it is. Gonna, you're not going to Sam. You're, you're going to keep these in here. I'm Chris. And yeah, like we said. Um. So yeah. So we talk about <laughs> brawl. Um. The format in MTG that is sixty card singleton with a single brawler that is either a planeswalker or a legendary creature that uses the standard card pool um so different bands yes uh so to start off today we're going to talk about some of the m19 spoilers um mostly because you know that's happening right now m19 comes out in a couple weeks um we'll go more in depth on the cards of m19 um or when it you know when we actually get the full set um but until then we've discovered oh so last week we talked about um vivian reed the new planeswalker we've seen all of the planeswalker planeswalkers since then they are all very underwhelming um as they're normally want to do yes but uh there's a new ajani that is somewhat good um four drop with four loyalty that uh puts plus almost one counters on things um i forget what his middle one is but then he also makes cats he has an emblem that makes cats every turn for you his middle one's recursion for smaller creatures oh yeah so that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's a cool card. That's yeah, it's probably going to see some play. Yeah. Um, and then another big brawl type news that has been releasing this week are the Elder Dragons. Yes, sir. So we have three of them at this time Monday night spoiled: um, Nicol Bolas, Palladia Morse, mm-hmm. and I, you say this last one better than I do. Vivictus Asmati. So, such a good name, though. I love hearing it. I just can't say it. Yeah. So that is Grixis, Naya, and Jund, respectively. So we're still waiting on Chromium, who's the Esper Dragon, and um, oh, Arcades Sabbath, who is the uh, Bant Dragon. Oh, these names are just so good. But yeah. So um, Nicol Bolas, uh, if you didn't know this already, is a 4-4 flyer for 4 mana that is also a flipwalker. This card is going to be crazy and limited, too. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> yeah, so um, we already have a couple Nicol Bolas Planeswalkers in standard um, with the Hour of Devastation, uh, God Pharaoh, and the other one that was the Planeswalker deck one. Um, but this Nicol Bolas, you know, is also very, very good. Um it's it's just like I can already anticipate that this will become a very popular brawler. The Nickel Bolas Planeswalker the God Pharaoh is already a really popular brawler because people yeah. think that it's fun to do stupid bull with Grixis. But our friend mentioned perhaps brewing a Nickel Bolas deck. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But so that's Nickel Bolas. Look him up if you haven't seen him yet. He's just too much on the card for me to really go too in depth. There's two yeah. sides to the card too. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, Plady Moors is the Naya walk, or sorry, Naya Elder Dragon. It um, looks like the others are following the six six for six trend. Yes, which is a pretty typical trend for dragons. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it's six six for six with flying, vigilance, and trample. And for one of the first times, I feel like in the game, um, it has hexproof if it hasn't dealt damage yet, not until end of turn or anything, just yet. So whenever it deals damage it loses hexproof for as long as it stays on the battlefield um which in like say a regular like limited game that 
you know, is kind of important because it means you can get rid of Hexproof after it's dealt damage. But since this is Brawl, if it's your Brawler, um, every time you cast it, it'll have Hexproof again. So that's pretty important to note. Yeah, I think that's a nice... That's some nice icing on the cake after it already has those other three keywords. Yes. Yep. And then, uh, so then Vevictus Asmati, like Chris was saying, is a 6-6 six, six for 6. Uh, it has flying, and then it also has the forced sacrifice whenever it attacks um, for each player. And then you essentially chaos warp the top of their library. Uh, every player sac- or chaos warps the top of their library. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. I think it. It's not really a um like very narrow it's not a very narrow strategy. I feel like it could be commander of a deck do, doing a bunch of different things. Yeah. Like it it doesn't lend itself to a like streamlined strategy. Well, and the other one didn't really either. Maybe more Voltroni, but Yeah, I I, I so online especially for EDH people have been calling Vivek Sesmati the uh, newest lands commander because he is Jund colors, which means you get Gitrog and Mina and Den and Titania, um, oh. and you can sacrifice your lands. Brawl. Yeah, I know. Um, for Brawl, I don't think he has a really defined one yet. I guess the nice thing, obviously, is, is it's a Jund. Yeah, Brawler, which is big. Yeah, and also I guess the nice thing is he he does force people to sacrifice things, which gets around all of the Amonkhet gods, which has been proven to be a very um, very tricksy, tricksy pieces of yeah. Uh, combat. I think it's a cool. So. It's definitely a cool card. Well, it'll yeah. be interesting to see if it gets some play. Yep. So the last big news of this week, I think it just came today, um, is that two pretty expensive cards, Scape Shift and Crucible of Words Worlds, are getting reprinted in M nineteen at Mythic Rarity. Yes. So. Um, I think these do have some brawl implications. Oh, yes. Because you were talking about earlier how they're both great cards in Tatiova. Yep. Um, yeah. I think there's probably some decks that like both of them, too. It'd yeah. Be interesting I mean, to see which decks do. I mean, another big one, obviously, is Multani. Escape Shift yeah. literally says double Multani's power and toughness. And um, then I guess Crucible is great in Multani, too, because then yep. you get to play those lands. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's... Crucible and Rampant Growth in Standard. Sorry, not Rampant Growth. Um, Ramen Up Excavator, I meant to say. Sorry. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say we don't have Rampant Growth. Um, no, but... we have Dinosaur Rampant Growth. But yeah, uh, that's so until uh, until rotation, we will have both the creature version of Crucible and Crucible itself. Um, but that does, I, I think that's a good sign for Tachiova decks is that we're going to still have Crucible, even though it yeah. will be still very expensive. So. Who knows? It's gonna, yeah, Tatiova is going to stay good, it seems like. Yeah, unsurprisingly. Um, so anyway, so those are some of the spoilers. We're looking forward to the n- newer Elder Dragons. And then also, um, uh, hopefully, uh, there's some speculation there's going to be up to 11 flip cards in this set. So who knows? Who knows what we'll see? Um, yeah, but... If I build, I w- kind of think I want to build a Bant, the Bant Dragon. Oh, just yeah. Just because I want... I, it's one of my favorite color combinations, so... Sure. Um, yeah, we'll so... see how it is. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully by next week we'll have some news on that front. Yep. So, until then, we're going to talk about... Uh, this week, we're going to talk about some decks that we've built recently um, that uh, actually have... are both uh, uncommon legendaries from Dominaria. We um, have a theme. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I, l- really I just love this cycle of cards. Like, yeah. 
there's just so many good brawlers that yep. they they all lend themselves to very narrow strategies too i think yeah i think so. like well, they all say do this maybe not maybe not super narrow because the one i'm talking about today does have multiple types of but like yours is very narrow i'd say well i i would say it's not necessarily narrow it's just they they build around I, maybe they it's, all yeah are very build maybe around-y. that's kind of what i mean by narrow in that it th- that brawler um gets him like its deck gets improved when you build around it right so like, which to I, be the yeah. strongest deck that it could be you're gonna be playing a certain strategy and that's what I, I didn't mean narrow in a bad way i just mean like a very streamlined effective strategy sure um so, I guess, so yeah, yeah let's put it has a bad connotation but yeah let, let's let's put the poor listener out of their misery, misery. and <laughs> yeah let's let's get into these decks here so you're gonna go first um yes yeah, so yeah. i kind of want to talk about this deck because somebody on twitter mentioned they were brewing it and i had built it um a few weeks ago and i have been really enjoying how it plays in this deck is Raf Capuchin Ship's Mage. He is an Azorius commander for four with flash flying, and he gives all your historic spells flash. So you could go a few different routes with this deck. You could go artifacts, because those are historic. You could go legendary creatures, because those are historic. Or you could go more of a um, combination, like Saga-focused route. But there's also a bunch of just random cycles and stuff in Standard that also have legendary um, card type like the flip enchantments from Ixalan. Yep. Um, so you have a lot of stuff you can do here. I decided to go the artifact route just because um, we have somebody in our playgroup who's playing uh, Joyra Artifact Storm, and I kind of like the artifact theme, so I wanted to go with that for Raph Caption. So I have a Raph Caption deck that's a um, art has an artifact focus. Yeah. So. Two of the cards I'll talk about first that I have in the deck are a little bit, um, I think, maybe meta choices, but also just good cards considering the strongest brawlers in the format. So the first one I have here is Dampening Sphere. It's a cool um, trick. Say somebody has a land that produces multiple mana, like the flip side of Itlamok or the flip side of Storm the Vault. Um, This will get them off guard, and also it kind of stops that Storm player. So I also think it's good in the Raft deck. Um, because you get to cast, if you're in a four player game, you get to cast a spell each turn with its ability. So you're probably never going to be impeded by that. Yeah. Um, well, to, to specify Raph, the reason why he's so build ready that way is because he does say all of your historic spells have flash. I think I mentioned that, didn't I? I don't I remember. remember. Whatever. But yeah, so <laughs> I think dampening sphere is good because it poses a lot of strategies. So that's good. And you don't really get impeded by it. So... Yeah, I think it's great because you can just next turn you cast a spell and then the next player's turn. So you just cast a spell a turn and you never really get impeded by that extra mana. Yeah. Next one I have is Watchers of the Dead and it is just Graveyard Hate, which I think is a good at instant speed. Graveyard Hate is great, I think, in this format. So um, yeah, that's true. It's, you can yeah, it exiles, it, you so can, it exiles itself to make everyone exile everything but two cards from there graveyard yeah all opponents so it doesn't touch your graveyard which is good yeah um so you can kind of implement this artifact raft deck with your own type of um graveyard hate because i know there's other artifacts that do it you could also have like scavenger grounds and stuff but those are kind of common cards between all decks so i didn't want to talk about them well i mean i feel like this is a fine place for sentinel totem or um, yeah silent gravestone instant speed grave hate card yeah instant because of raft seems good like catch somebody off guard yeah 
Uh, especially, especially with that yeah. pesky Maldrotha player. I was going to say, especially with Maldrotha running around now. Um, so yeah. next I have Foundry Inspector. is just a card from Ixalan that makes all your artifact spells cost one less since I'm running the artifact strategy. Foundry Inspector is from Kaladesh. Um, we have Treasure Map, which is a card we talked about as like a staple, I think, and it's just really good in this deck. Yep. Um, Howling Golem, I really like. It's like a flash blocker, potentially, that lets everybody draw a card. And also, I don't think... Um, so Howling Golem is like the Howling Mine of Creatures. Whenever it attacks or blocks, each player draws a card. So I don't really... I haven't really noticed it being an issue, the card. Like, it's not really card advantage, but it is more cards and i think that's fine in a multiplayer game yeah well especially with something like dampening sphere which makes your opponents unable to cast multiple spells per turn um so it's pretty good not too deep of a stacks theme but what sam just said is kind of in that vein um another card i have is scrap trawl scrap trawler which is just artifact recursion uh workshop assistant which is more artifact recursion um, Chief of the Foundry, which is an artifact creature anthem. Joyrus Familiar, which makes all your historic spells cost less to cast, one less to cast. So that's all of your artifacts, all of your legendary anythings, all of your sagas. So Joyrus Familiar is pretty good in this deck, since I'm building it around historic cards. Yep. Um, and then the last uh, artifact I wanted to talk about was Guardians of Koilos. And it's just good because it bounces a historic permanent and I have a lot of, um, maybe not a lot of, but I have some good ETB stuff. Um, well, and I mean, when it has flash, it means you can use it as a... Like a 4-4 four, four blocker or something. Well, uh, so. well, also like a save, like a bounce yes, spell for right. something of yours. So in this deck, that's what I wanted. I was going to say that, but then I forgot. It's essentially a Sentinel of the Pearl Trident in this deck. Yeah. Um, But for five colorless instead of blue and five. And well, it also is the... um artifact which matters for my deck because there is some artifact matter theme within it yeah and i mean and you'll have to pay full cost for it again but like essentially oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 essentially that but in a probably a better way honestly just because it means that um you're it's a, yeah you're surviving board wipes you're declaring blockers and then saving them you're you know it, it, it doesn't whatever. blink them like sam said but it does save it from something and gets it back to your hand and lets you rebuy its etb effects so now some of the better um, artifacts in the deck because they're legendary. So I'm running Traxos Scourge of Krug. Yep. I've never said that last word. Um, everybody probably knows what this is. He's a huge trampling um, artifact creature. He only untaps when you cast a historic spell. This deck is basically all historic spells, so he's going to be getting untapped and attacking a lot. He's just really good. Yep. I also have the Weatherlight, um, which is flavorful because Wrath Caption is my um brawler and also it's just also going to be it's has board the weather light in its text so you're going to be when you're connecting with your opponents you have four of them so the chances are you're going to be able to hit one of them or sorry you have three of them (laughs) so the chances are you're going to be able to hit one of them and go five cards deep to find your next historic spell you're going to cast yep and then i have padim which gives all of your artifacts uh hexproof yep and lets you draw some cards if you have well it lets you draw one cards but maybe multiple over turns if you control the artifact with the highest cmc um my highest cmc i think is four for artifact no five for artifacts so um when i'm playing against joyra i don't really get that too much but it is a nice card advantage if it does become relevant yeah so now those were 
So I talked about all of the artifacts, and now I moved on to creatures without saying it. Badim is a creature, legendary creature. So Badim is good because it's another um, combat, or another trick, essentially, with Wrath on the field. Because you can flash Badim in, somebody tries to target one of your artifacts, um, you can flash them in and give them hexproof. So that's good. Yep. Yeah. And um, then, yeah. Like, this whole deck is going to be built around um, artifact stuff, but then I do have a light uh planeswalker sub theme just because i had some planeswalkers i wanted to play and they're really good such as um one more creature before oh, i get into okay. the planeswalkers just because it is artifact related i'm playing zahid jinn of the lamp so he's always going to be costing me four right to play because i'm always going to have an untapped artifact so it's just a five six flyer that's pretty cheap in this deck can flash a minute the end of somebody's turn before yours and then get in for some damage on turn five potentially sure so now i'll get into those planeswalkers i'm running four of them um one of them i'll just mention briefly is i'm running the jace from ixalan just because i have the promo of it from a pre-release it's not super great but that um looting is good sure i'm also so i bought the um teferi planeswalker deck deck or um planeswalker deck for the teferi planeswalker to put in this deck so I'm running that Teferi and Naambi, yep. which is a tutor for Teferi. And she's really cool because I didn't realize it until I was playing this deck um, yesterday. But you can also get Teferi back from your graveyard. Yeah, well, that's... So, so I mean, that's just to chime in here. Um, that's the staple of, like, all the Planeswalker decks is they all have a card that tutors out the Planeswalker. Um, but it actually tutors it from either your library or your grave. It, it says search your library and or graveyard on all of them, which is really cool um, because they're usually pretty bad because, like, the effect isn't really all that good. But Niambi is great because she's, like, a, at least a 2-2 for 3 or something. Um, but at Flash, you can just, like, get her and then, yeah. Yep. She could, like, you could flash her into block something, chump block something, and then also get that planeswalker, so. Yep. I think all these cards are made better because they have Wrath as their commander, so you're always, like, I find myself with this deck drawing and thinking for a second and then passing, so I'm just like, oh, wait, I can play all these spells on other people's turns and wait and see what happens before I decide which card I want to play if I have Wrath out, which is really nice. Yeah. So the Teferi, ti- the Teferi Planeswalker that Nyambi does tutor for, um, it's pretty, I like it. It's pretty good card advantage. It's minus three, lets you draw two cards. It's a six mana walker with five loyalty. Um, I don't ever plan on ultimating it, and it's plus two is not that good in my deck, but it does untap Traxos yep. if I need it to. Yeah, that's true. So another another interesting card I really like for this deck is Oath of Teferi. Sure. So, um, I honestly, this is me and Sam always joke that this is like the dubious challenge of this set or the, like the well, card that yeah, you open a lot of that you're not going to play it a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, but it's not a bad card. It's just, no, it's the thing about dubious challenge that makes dubious challenge special is that dubious challenge is unplayable in every format. Oath of Teferi, <laughs> Oath of Teferi is fine in like commander and brawl. Um, it's just that in limited, it's completely useless because why on earth would I play a five drop blink effect? Um, yeah, and dubious challenge is especially rough for me because I'm pretty sure I opened like ten plus of them in all of my Kaladesh packs. So every time I open another one, I just die a little inside. Well, 
I like mine isn't as bad. Mine's dispossessed from Almond Cat, which I've opened at least four or five of. Um, but the problem is that one I think potentially is playable. Maybe um, it's, uh, the... it's not in. Well, I guess it, if you have somebody that's running like Blightsteel classes or a card you hate, you could run it just as like yeah. meta hate. But like that seems so bad because you have to waste a card to do that. Like yeah. ugh, it's stupid. But yeah, both of those cards are terrible. Oath of Terry is not that terrible. It's just not good and limited because the likelihood and we've that you opened get, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, the likelihood that you get that and a um, Planeswalker is very low. It is historic, I guess. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's why it's it's nice to flash it in. It also does have this other sub. It also does have this other text that um, blinks a permanent until end of turn. Yeah, so that's nice if you want to reset a planeswalker or you want to like I used it to win. Well, maybe I didn't need it to win, but I so I won with this deck in a four player game yesterday, um, and I oath it to ferried my um, dampening sphere so I wouldn't have that cost impediment um that turn that i won on so that was cool yeah but i also got to really use cool. my planeswalkers abilities twice i had a jace and a teferi out so that was cool yeah but yeah oath really of teferi cool. is pretty good in this deck because he also <laughs> lets you activate loyalty abilities of planeswalkers twice turn so yes. like in that turn if i had attacked with my creatures i had basically five jace upticks because i had um created two tokens of jace and so yeah yeah the, the loyalty ability, loyalty loyalty ability twice thing is really good. It's kind of like a chain veal, but not having to pay mana for it. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is there anything? Are there any non-historic cards in your deck? Um, the ones that are are still focused around um the theme. So I have board the weatherlight, which is sure. Um, just going five deep to find a. Bell. Um, I have the deck right here, so I can look quickly. I don't think there are that many. Okay. Well, I'm just asking because I have some removal no. spells like Skywiller Shot, um, War of Invention, which lets me get a artif- get an artifact, Forsake the Whirly, just for um, artifact or enchantment removal, Farm to Market for some removal. But yeah, I think those are the few that aren't. Um, well, I, I mostly meant like permanent cards, like creatures. Oh or... no, no, no. Everything sort. that's not a permanent is, or everything that is a permanent. Is yeah, historic. everything gotcha. that is okay. a permanent is a story. Cool. Just for, I and I'm really really liking how this deck plays. Yeah. So a few other cards, um, I'm running for planeswalkers are Dovin Bon and Karn Sign of Urza. Sure. So Karn, we all know what he does. He's great, especially in an artifact deck where you can make huge constructs. It's also card advantage. And then I have Dovin Bond, which is a card I just personally really like. Yep. He's has a minus one of drawing a card and gaining life. His plus one stops activated abilities of um, creatures and gives them less power. Hint, so hint, those, Kazarov. Yeah. I targeted our um, one of our friends, Kazarov, so he couldn't use that four mana deal two to a creature ability, which helped me when yeah it was dovin is i really like yeah he's good he has an emblem that does a thing but like no one's ever gonna let you go i rarely the only the only um planeswalker i ever like intend to ultimate is my chandra commander deck well i mean the flip one but i mean like you always want to but it's never the goal like the the non-ultimate abilities are enough for the card to be good the ultimate is just if it gets there it's 
gravy. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say the it feels like Jace Cunning Castaway's really only goal is to Oh, is to, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he gets better when he ultimates. And he he does need 3 turns to ultimate. So. Well, or two if you two have if, yeah if you have oath, oath of Teferi. Teferi. but so i yeah. have a few more cards here search for Ascanta is a legendary enchantment that just helps filter your draws the antiquity antiquities war is just lets you dig for artifacts and then it's third chapter this is a saga it's third chapter turns all of your artifacts into five five so kind of a tesseret type thing and then my last card i want to talk about was in bolus's clutches which i it's just, it's not an artifact, but it is on theme because it's a legendary permanent. And I just love the six mana instant speed um, control magic. Yeah, that's gross. It's, yeah, it's super, super good. And a lot of... So when I was... I played this deck 1v1 against Joyra 2 in decks that... Like, there isn't a whole lot of enchantment hate in this format. Well, so especially you, not in red-blue. Yeah, exactly. So if you... Like, if you use this card to steal a creature, it's probably going to be yours for a while. And yeah. if you use it to steal somebody's brawler, and their deck is built around the thing their brawler does, they're going to be handicapped for a good while. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, I, I, I run it in... I run it in my Tachiova deck, and I did that with... I think against your Wizards deck, or... What did you take? Kefnet? Or was that... Mm. I'm trying to remember if that was yours or the other person who was playing. It doesn't matter. Neither of you was running really any good colors to remove. Because one of you was running mono blue and one of you was running blue red. So yeah. I wasn't worried about it getting removed. Also, I was playing Techova. So, you mean, like, So, like, duh. this this deck has one piece of artifact enchantment hate. Yeah. And if, I'm hold, if I have it in my hand, I'm holding on to it for a while, waiting for that, like, game-changing paradox engine or something that I know needs to get um removed like our game yesterday i had forsake the worldly and i used it to exile a thematic compass just because we know that card just stalls games so yeah like, so that's well. interesting um how many that's i guess that's a good question um because you said you're only running one here how many pieces of removal specifically like enchantment and artifact removal do you think a deck should be running at this point for brawl because i feel like with um, kaladesh still in the set like i think we're all vastly underplaying the amount of artifact removal we should be playing i think maybe like three yeah but a lot of it is multi-purpose like cast right. out or Ixalan's Binding. White has nice. I guess um, that's true. Yeah. Well, Ixalan's Binding options. only gets creatures, right? Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Cast out. But cast out gets anything. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I think you might be right. Yeah. But like, it, cast out is really good. The Angel of Sanctions works. Nope. Um, Exile target non land permanent. Okay. Cool. I might have been thinking of Seal Away. Um, Seal but, Away is creature. Yeah. But yeah. Oh so, my gosh. What? It's funny. Just a quick story about Seal Away. It's so it our our most um our most abilities like Seal Away ETB effects or cast effects. They're like ETB effects. They're all okay. when it enters the battlefield. So they don't hit Shauna. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an ability. So sorry, this is just oh. a random. Yeah, I, sorry. I was that's thinking a card. Shalai. I don't think I've yeah. talked about Shalai yet, right? No. I might be talking about that at a later one, and Shauna's one of my favorite cards yeah, from to, Dominaria. So. To, to remind everyone, so that way you're not in the dark like I was, Shauna is the green-white uncommon legendary from Dominaria that has 
um hex proof hex proof from abilities, from abilities effect- effectively it can't be the target of spells or, or sorry it can't be the target of abilities your opponent's control which would include things like enchantments that say when this enters the battlefield remove target yeah. creature from the game so cool. but yeah i see i think seal away is a good card and we've talked about it before i i think it's fine i don't know the problem that i have is that honestly especially a lot of dominaria based decks just have so much vigilance enabling that oh. like their best creatures never tap anyway so um but That's it's fair yeah. but it's still i think it's still good i think cast out is better but it does cost more, obviously. I don't know. It's it's a, a toss-up. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with Raph? Or... So I think I mentioned this at the beginning of my spiel, but Raph could be built as a legendary um, creature, or a legendary creature permanent commander too, sort of like the deck you're about to talk about. Yeah. Because um, then it could take advantage of um, a cards like Urza's Ruinous Blast, which you're going to... <laughs> you're sure. definitely going to talk about that yeah but i think this deck could lend itself to other strategies i just chose an artifact strategy because i i kind of wanted to use antiquities war um and i also wanted to use karn because i had one so i went more of an artifact theme but i think people could also build this um either creature legendary creature strategy maybe more of a control strategy with things like um the legendary sorceries the yeah some good legendary creatures yeah that's that's interesting i guess um the idea of using legendary sorceries at instant speed well i do i didn't talk about it but i have karn's temporal sundering in this deck yeah that's stupid it's just not on theme it's just a great card for the deck well yeah but it's historic so it has flash um yeah (laughs) but yeah i it's i don't know it's interesting i another thing i just realized is raf is a wizard Yes. So Narhumeha would yes. um, pump him. But I don't know. I have her in Wizard, so I'm not sure. It's it's probably not worth running in here since she already has Flash. I don't know. It's just yeah. something to think about. Well, and I feel like, honestly, if you wanted to do Wizard Tribal, you should just do Blue-Red. Or you should go Joda, I guess, because he's also a wizard. <laughs> that's um, true. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So that's uh, that's cool. I I dislike the color combination, so... You don't, don't like Azorius. No, I don't, don't foresee like me, myself. You especially don't like me drawing and passing. No, that's terrible. <laughs> Play magic, magic on your turn. <laughs> magic is meant to be played on your turn. That's how it was supposed to... Whatever, it's stupid. Um, But yeah, so... uh, But it's cool. I, I mean, I've only played against it once or twice, but both the times I have, it's done stupid things because that's what Flash is. That's, that's how... That's what Flash does. It makes the game stupid. The element of surprise. Hey, maybe they'll reprint Vidalcan Ori along with Crystal Worlds and <laughs> Escape Shift and M19. Probably not, though. I really hope not, because I don't I hate that My card. My commander so is Vidalcan Ori. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Um... So, like you were saying, kind of to lead into what I'm talking about, I'm talking about my Arvad the Cursed deck. So, he is the white-black uncommon legendary from Dominaria that gives all other legendary creatures you control plus two plus two. Um, so, he's a five-drop, three-three with Death Touch lifelink. That's fine or whatever. Obviously, the important part is that you want to just play a lot of legendary creatures. Um, so, essentially, I'm running every white and or black legendary creature in standard that is four or less mana. Um, And that's mainly because white black doesn't have a lot of ramp um, because to that end, I'm playing like thematic compass. Um, Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) But 
but I'm playing Thematic Compass. I'm playing um, Mox Amber. Actually works really well in this deck because, like I was saying, every creature is a legendary creature. Um, but I don't. I honestly don't have a lot of ramp past that. Like honestly, the next piece of ramp I have is Oketra's Monument, technically, because you know most of the creatures are white. Um, and then the next one on top of that is the Immortal Sun because it technically makes my spells cheaper. Ew. So, I but forgot yeah. that was in that deck. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's effectively just run as many legendary creatures and then as many, uh, you know, additional legendary permanents on top of that. Um, like Planeswalkers, I'm running both of the Gideons that are in standard right now. Um, the Gideon of the Trials and the Planeswalker deck Gideon because they both turn into creatures. And when they do, they are legendary. So they get plus two, plus two. Um, and then um, I'm also running Liliana for recursion. I guess that's the other big part of the deck. So on top of running a ton of the small legendary creatures. I'm also running um, Teshar, the four drop two, two that whenever you cast a historic spell, um, you return target creature card with converted making. It costs three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, and I'm also running, uh, just saying the Liliana that recurs stuff and so, the legendary sorcery that puts all of your legendary permanents from your graveyard onto the battlefield. So I think you should take a second and tell them how effective Teshar was when you were playing it. Oh, I mean, well, so like I was saying, every creature in the deck is legendary. So effectively, you play Teshar, and then, so I guess um, to kind of explain this further, let's see. Two of the really nice, well, I'll add a third one there too. Um, so three of the legendary creatures I'm running are Hope of Giraper, Yeheni, Undying Partisan, and Bantu the Glorified. All of which you'll notice cost three or less mana. <laughs> um and effectively, they all have sacrifice outlet. Oh, like they're all they all have sacrifice themes. So hope sacrifices itself to make your opponents unable to cast non creature spells. I was expecting you to use that ability against Joyra, but you. Yeah, the problem is that it's also a one drop three three. Um, That's true. With with Arvon on the field, so you can actually just hit people for three in the air, um, and especially if you have something like Black Blade, which only costs two to play and three to equip to hope, um, you get an additional you know six seven damage. So it's pretty good. That's um, some hope of Garapor deck tech right there. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I mean, the problem is that if you're running a hope of Garapor deck, you can't run Arvod. But yeah, I mean, it's still still you should run Black Blade probably. Honestly, most Brawl decks should run Black Blade, probably, because it's just so good. Um, yeah, especially bra- decks that have Brawlers with Evasion. Like, it'd yeah. probably actually be really good in Wrath. I might need to consider getting one. Yeah, well, I mean, and you can cast it at instant speed. You can't equip at instant speed, but you could just drop it before your turn, um, which reduces the chances that people could remove it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so then uh, Yeheni obviously has the ac- uh, Sacrifice Outlet to make herself, uh, or make themselves my apologies, um, indestructible. Uh, so you can sacrifice your other creatures to it and then play historic spells and recur them. Um, and then Bantu has a similar thing where you can pay to sac- sacrifice another creature to uh, scry one and everyone else loses a life and you gain a life. Um, and as similarly, because Bantu requires sacrifice in order to attack or block, um, you can do that with Teshar where you can sac a creature to Bantu, play a- another small, easy 
historic spell and then get that creature back. And usually it turns out it's usually Shram, which is a two drop two two that is usually a really good draw engine. Like in my Tiana deck, I draw like half my deck because of it. Um, but in this deck is pretty much just a four four for two mana when you have Arvod on the field because <laughs> um, I have Black Blade, which is a, an equipment, Helm of the Host, which is an equipment, and Weatherlight, which is a vehicle. Um, oh, and I guess I also have On Sarah's Wings just for the lulls. Um, but yeah, so uh, essentially, like I was saying, I'm running the three or less creatures. So Mavern Fane, uh, Shram, Hope of Giraper, Yeheni, uh, Bantu. Uh, I just, oh yeah, I just wanted to mention how bad it felt when somebody used Merfolk Trickster to kill your um, Bantu, and then you got to your turn and you just got it back with Tashar. Like yes. Tashar is just super good in that deck because the recursion. Yeah. Well, I think if that yeah. if you get Tashar out and it's not dealt with quickly, you're the advantage you're getting from that is just very good for your deck. And I think you're gonna be um favored to win, honestly. Yeah. Well that's and that's something to remember is um because the Amonkhet gods are so restrictive, um they're all actually really cheap. Like mana cost wise, Kefnet's a four drop, Hazaret and Oketra are both four drops, uh, and then Bantu and Ronus are both three drops. So you can recur it with Tashar, <laughs> which is very good. Um, but yeah, that's I, I mean, the I'm also running Oketra in here, uh, Baird, Gonti, uh, Vona, Alenda, essentially all of the white black good stuff legendary creatures that are, like I was saying, less than five mana, mostly because. Um, originally, when I first built the deck, I was looking at putting things like Evra and uh, Demon Lord Belzenlock and those types of things in here. But the problem is that, like I was saying, I don't have good enough ramp in order to hit those consistently. And I think I'd rather just play a lot of what would be, what would be considered like chumpier <laughs> creatures. Um, but with Arvad, they just get huge. So they all get like way better. Um, so I don't know. It's fun. It's like, uh, and so Chris was already saying, I, I run Primeval's Glorious Rebirth, which is the one that puts all of my legendary permanents back onto the battlefield, which includes things like Profane Procession, if someone took care of that, or um, Legion's Landing, same thing. Uh, Mox Amber. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Onsair's Wings, I guess, if that's in the graveyard. Um, but then, of course, all my creatures too. Um, and then... Uh, I'm running the other two legendary sorceries, the Yagmoth's Vile Offering, which is always really good for getting rid of something else and then, you know, getting back one of your own things or something else. Um, and then uh, the white one, Urza's Ruinous Blast, which exiles all non-legendary permanents, um, of which and, my deck runs one non-legendary yeah, that, permanent. So. That was a rough card to get cast against. <laughs> yes. No, it's... And yeah. just quick while you were talking about those legendary sorceries... Um, our friend Andy, who we play with, has Yogmasvel offering in his Kazarov deck, and he did mention feeling sometimes having um, it in his hand and wondering when he'd be able to cast it. So maybe with more expensive um, brawlers where you're not running a lot of legendary creatures, those cards might not be as good. But in a deck like yours, where every creature is legendary, they get really good because they're really that downside is not ever really relevant right yeah that's um i mean i guess technically you could argue that most like all the legendary sorceries in brawl are still pretty good because you always have access to your brawler or planeswalker that is a brawler and i think Um, they just get a little bit worse when your um brawler costs maybe more than the sorcery itself or yeah that's true 
Um, but they're yeah. still. I think they're gr- they're great in Arvon. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, that's the main thing. I, I also run some removal and some kind of lockdown stuff. I realized I do have a couple other non-legendary permanents. I'm running cast out. I'm running um, uh, authority of the consoles to tap down other people's stuff. Um, and gain I mean, me some your deck's life. kind of an aggro deck, so that's great for you. Yep. And like I was saying, it also gains me life, which is pretty helpful. Um, and then I also have Thematic Compass. Like I said, it's my only ramp oh, card. Um, speaking, our other friend mentioned, made a good point yesterday, is that in a in a format, like in a multiplayer format, like Brawl, where you don't have commander damage, life gain just gets so much better. Yeah. Because you're going to be that much harder to kill. Yep. So I think that's another reason why Arvod is good, because you were equipping Blackblade to Arvod and gaining a bunch of life, and we were just out of... Well, okay, you. but you can say that, but then I did take a 50 damage hit to kill me at the end of the game. How so, did that happen? Oh. Kazarov is that's, but stupid That's good. a very specific circumstance. <laughs> I guess so. Um, But yeah, side note, Kazarov, very good in Brawl. Very good in yes. multiplayer, period. But like, if you have an Edgar Markov deck, look that guy up. Um, But uh, yeah, so for this deck, um, I guess the only other pieces here, um, like I was saying... uh. It's weird because it's, it's kind of like a weird hybrid. It's a legendary tribal, obviously, kind of esque thing, um, but it also has um, kind of a token sub theme with like Oketra's Monument, Legion's Landing, Alenda. Um, but then it also has kind of like a sacrifice sub theme, which is kind of playing with the token thing with Whisper and Bantu and Yaheni. Do you have um, Helm of the Host? I do. Yeah, Helm of the Host is also in here, just because honestly. How could I not? Um, <laughs> well, it's, I think yeah. the funny thing we were joking about is it makes non-legendary creatures, which is off-theme, but then if you copy Arvod, all of your legendary creatures start getting bigger and bigger. So, Well, and, and your original Arvod starts getting bigger as well, which is... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing is, um, it's funny because I feel like, like you're saying, Helm of the Host isn't really like an intuitive add to a legendary tribal deck, um, but honestly, being able to make, say, like six oketras or you know like another couple arvads or whatever um it's just too good to pass up because like even if they don't get the boost from arvad having multiple like if i had enough oketras that they were all turned on by each other even if like three or four of them weren't legendary that's still great you're saying are so gross (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so four (laughs) oketras Never, uh, please. Well, and so that's um, one of the things I am aware of with this deck and uh, a little sad about is that about half of the cards are from pre-Ixalan because I have both of the Aether Revolt monocolored legendaries. I have both of the Amonkhet gods. I have um, a couple other, you know, like uh, legendaries from around that time. So the problem is like once rotation hits, I might lose a couple really cool pieces. Like obviously that whole sacrifice sub theme is going out the window. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we might get, um, some more stuff in Ravnica. I, the, you could I, probably, yeah. um, you're going to get a lot of angels. You could replace some of your creatures uh, with, but they're not legendary. I guess that's true. Lyra is, but that's yeah. about it. I yeah. don't think you're, I don't think the deck is gonna, um, suffer tremendously, but it will take it. It will need a little bit of yeah. Um, I may adjusting. I might just change it into an EDH deck. We'll see. Um, but I, I am excited since we are going back to Ravnica. It does mean that we will go back to the Orzhov, but they're not until the excuse me second block. 
um, of the set. So um, it won't be until next or yeah, next winter. Is that how that works? Upcoming. Yeah, I think so. Or the, yeah, like January or something that we'll see yeah. the Orzhov, which is sad, but um, it should be okay because at the worst, um, I'm sure we'll see at least some like mono black or mono white cards that will be at least somewhat good. In I'm the sure first... you'll see some monocolor legends too. I don't know if we'll see any of those in Ravnica, but uh, no, and you don't think we'll get any M19? Um, we might. I mean, we're definitely getting the planeswalkers but unfortunately they're a johnny's for the white one so i'm not getting any creatures um and liliana's for the black one so that does actually bode well um i guess that's the other big one that i forgot is that like all of my planeswalkers are from Amonkhet, so those will all need to get um replaced but i don't know it's fine i'm excited for it i love playing it super fun yeah um, it seems really good i'm not gonna get bummed about rotation until it actually happens because it's silly to do that um but yeah so that's uh those are the two decks that we brought today um you can find links to those in the comments as per usual um i'm trying to think if there's anything else i want to well real quick i just want to um i i managed to uh get chris to put some of his uh decks or not he didn't put his decks all online. i didn't do it <laughs> but i looked through you and i counted it. up the number of stuff just so i can get another uh so I could get clearer stats on um, his spread of creatures like we talked about last time. Um, and it looks like, uh, at least from the decks that I put up or that, that I looked through. I only have four decks. Oh, yeah. So for those four decks, um, it looks like he has a pretty strict 24-36 uh, lands to non-land ratio. Um, and then in general, he runs about 18 creatures um, and then about six enchantments, uh, three artifacts, four-ish sorceries, four-ish instants, and then two planeswalkers per deck. So, you know, that's interesting. Um, it, it kind of falls pretty much along the same lines as our uh, total decks, which makes sense because it's my decks and Chris's decks and then a couple of our friends' decks. But um, uh, in general, it looks like we're pretty pretty hard fast on that 24-36 uh, ratio because... And, and, like, looking at my decks, I think that's very true. Um I've looked back at my Rishkar deck, which only has like 21 lands, and it is hard sometimes. Um, and I think I might need to take another swing at it before rotation happens to try to get it back to a make it a little stronger. Um, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I think. But I think that's everything um, that I had on my end. Yeah, I I really like these episodes because I just like kind of dissecting the decks we've built. Yeah, and taking a closer look at the strategy behind them. And sharing that, I think I like that concept. I don't think it'll be episodes we do too often, but it it'll it'll be a theme moving forward where we talk about decks we have and that we're playing yeah. and how they shape up in our meta. So expect yeah. more. Well, and yeah, I guess uh, just to mention our meta right now, um, we recently had like we've like we've talked about Muldrotha and Joyra um, have made appearances as well as a Kazarov deck. Um, Drotha and, and Joyra are being played by the same player, if you could imagine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, as as we get into M19, he'll probably play Nicol Bolas, and we'll hate that one too. So here we go. Um, but yeah, so I think that's everything that I have for today. Um, and one other... Oh, okay. Uh, we've, mentioned, we've talked about rotation before, and our friend is kind of already transitioned some of his brawl decks into commander decks so i think that's another yeah. thing to keep in mind is that these brawl decks will 
transition pretty well into commander decks if they're like dead post rotation. So I think that's cool that we've just seen that in our play group. Yeah, and I think that that's definitely I think part of it um, for me looking at it, I was like I already started looking at how to build like if I build an Arvad the Curse deck like what that would look like for EDH um and a couple of these other decks i'm like oh well like maybe i should throw tenjova in charge of my simic deck anyway not that it has any kind of synergy but just because it's good like but yeah so we'll see um but uh yeah we'll we'll probably go more in depth on rotation when that gets closer oof seems so soon but m m19 is definitely in the way of that yeah um and it's i'm excited it's looking like it's going to be very interesting limited format yeah and i I think i don't know if we mentioned at the top but uh we were we've been talking about today we have at least seen but by today we've seen at least four angels that are in m19 um so it looks like wizards whether they were planning on it or not are kind of pushing a lyra angel tribal brawl deck um kind of hard which is interesting to see um but we'll see if that if anything comes out of that i i won't be changing my edh angels deck into a brawl deck anytime soon but um i'm excited and to see i'm not going to be do. seeking out all those angels so <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um next time i don't know what we'll talk about no you we should... kind of we kind of think of it over the week yeah well and if you if you have any suggestions for what we should talk about um on the show or if you just want to let us know your thoughts or Tell us your deck list for your Lyra Dawnbringer EDH, or sorry, your Lyra Dawnbringer Brawl deck. That's what this podcast is I'm, about. Yeah, um, we play both formats, so don't mind us confusing them sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but um, if you if you want to tell us about that, um, you can do so on Twitter at All Out Brawl MTG. And I just wanted, in talking about Twitter, to thank the people who have um, commented and mentioned how they're enjoying our content that means a lot and it kind of gives us the drive to keep producing content so i just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has um tweeted us on twitter and asked us questions and stuff like that it's been awesome thank you It, it it's nice to know that people appreciate the content um but like my sister says on the other podcast i do we're going to keep making it whether people care or not. So <laughs> that's going to happen. But um, in other news, if you want to check out Chris Streams, um, he does it at twitch.tv slash R-E-T-T-O-T-O. Um, and, or no, sorry. Oh, I misspelled it, didn't I? It's R-E-T-O-T-T-O. Nope. You had it right the first time. Okay. Well, whatever. It's R-E-T-T-O-T-O. Yes. Yes. Um, take that one to the bank uh but yeah so uh you can check that out um i i think you know he he sometimes streams arena not all the time but uh he still streams a lot of fun games so you could you should watch and hang out um and i think that's just about everything so until next time i've been sam and i have been chris and this has been all out brawl your magic the gathering brawl podcast there we go that's okay i'm not i'm not cutting that into the front of the episode but <laughs> do what do with it what you will